this is new right i don't know it's like a new zoom update yeah you suddenly get that voice you notification you know why right <coughs> it's because of private privacy issues ha ah. mm. like there have been a few <laughs> zoom calls that have been recorded where people have have gotten caught having sex and stuff who's having sex like on zoom dude <laughs> bro I, <coughs> one of my friends i've seen the video <coughs> you've seen the video right akshay yeah i have <coughs> i've seen two three uh, two two three different ones like that interesting put your laptop in class uh, i'll just turn off the video i don't think i i i guess this i have no clue what those people were thinking to be honest i have seen the one about the guy who thinks he's gone offline he co- goes back brings uh, brings lotion puts it on the table oh yeah i've seen that one <laughs> yeah exactly i see that that's that's what i'm talking like so that's why zoom was asked to put push this message uh-huh. it's being recorded Okay. Okay. Uh, start off. Start off. Episode nineteen. No, this is eighteen. Eighteen. After eighteen point two, seventeen point one two. Yeah. So this is episode eighteen. Yeah. So eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen. You know how you should start off <laughs> the next week's episode. Hmm. <clears throat> next week should be this is episode 19 speaking about euro 2020 that's happening in 2021 nice nice euro 20 that's happening in 2020 you intro it next week do it like we'll no, no, you do it. do it that's yours no 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 you mind we don't i don't have to keep introing it you have to no your voice that sex voice people need to listen to that sex voice <laughs> and i'm doing it on zoom also no we <laughs> <laughs> will start Actually, put a timer for an hour, no, or like whatever. It's nine twenty-five. So go. You you're not doing your Zoom call at ten with your family. Oh no, uh, they're playing tambola. I said I'm not playing pop-up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good idea. Not playing. I miss playing housey, bro. Okay. So Guardiola has to wait he knows it's too late as Chelsea begin walking by welcome to episode 18 of who's code again i am your host abin i am joined by my two hosts in uh, akshay and sid right now tushar's running a bit late he'll join us for the later half of the episode on this week's episode we take a look at manchester united's exceptional performance in the europa league manchester city's exceptional performance in the champions league the announcement of gareth southgate's england squad as well as what our potential dream transfers for next season could be like it's going to be a very silly funny episode so Strap in, and we promise a good time. So we did a watch along on for both games, and they are both on. um they both on youtube the city one was a, was a little more fun probably because it was from a neutral perspective and in all around a better game the united game was torturous to watch one because as fans we were nervous and it wasn't the best game villarreal didn't really come to play they came to nullify united stats and did so really well um none of united's players turned up it was probably the best attacking uh lineup that we've seen put out as a starting 11 
things did not go to plan. Uh, the manager waited too long to make subs, and by the time it got to the 120th minute, nobody was confident that De Gea was going to save any of those pens. He didn't save any of them. Ultimately, he ended up missing <laughs> a pen because I, I don't think I've ever seen such a high-quality penalty shootout ever. It ended 10-11 with the keepers having to take uh, the final pens. And Ruila, I think, is what the VRL goalkeeper's name is. He absolutely thumped that into the back of the net. And But Dave tried to side-foot it. He, I don't know what it was. He tried to place it to the right. Uh, the keeper read it. Bam! Over United out of the Europa League. So very quickly, we'll get thoughts because uh, we were... I mean, I'm more... I think we know our general feelings on on how that evening went. It started pouring, so I apologize for any back background noise that you may be hearing. <laughs> and it happened very randomly. But anyway, back to the point. Uh, thoughts on the game, guys? Yeah, it was a very slow game from both, from both sides. Our United team was, as you could see, gassed out for the entire season. It was the last stretch of the game. Ever since the last few Premier League games, also could see... None of the players had it in them to counter-attack or even put balls inside the box for for the attack, for the attacking from the attacking point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emery did a great job with his team to cancel out any threat that we put up, put in the box. So I think hats off to Emery, and we have to give him credit where it's due. Um, so. So let's see. Hopefully, next season we'll be in the Champions League, anyways. Um, and we didn't have to win the Europa to. Uh, we didn't have to count on the Europa win to be in next to Champions League. So that's a, another point that we could take as a happy point for our for us United fans. On a plus, first of all, good evening, everyone. Uh, I think uh, on the balance of play. Clearly, the way Villarreal set up and nullified the threat, any threat for that matter, that United could have posed, based on that balance of play, I guess they deserve to win it. I'm, I'm speaking, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm speaking as a United fan. We did not have any clear-cut chance. I can't think back at any point in the 120 minutes that we watched them play. I can't think back to... Maybe the Rashford chance uh, that was probably a sitter that he should have put at the back of the net. Uh, but it could have been ruled offside in case it did go. Uh, it, it He did score it. It could have been called offside on the Bruno pass. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, apart from that, even the goal we scored, it was a pinball ricochet. Edison uh, doing uh, the... Uh, I mean, doing what he does best. Uh, just putting it in the back of the net. Uh like a, like a poacher that he is, but apart from that, I honestly, Villarreal, the goal that Villarreal scored, I mean, you could see that coming a mile away. The the moment the the ball was hit perfectly, you knew Lindelof was going to commit a mistake. And United and set pieces this season has just been so horrible, so horrible. And like you said, Abin, I think that was the best team that United could have put up, barring Maguire, I guess. You can't even knock Ole for the team he put out. He didn't play the, uh, his typical double pivot of uh, McFred. So, yeah, I guess the only the only knock I have on Ole is he could have made a few more substitutions after the 65th, uh, even maybe even the 70th minute, given 20 minutes to Ahmad, maybe uh, Dan James, 
uh, I don't know why he didn't do that. He could, he should have done that. Ideally, Rashford was having a stinker. I think all of us can agree on that. He was having yeah, a stinker and a half. Yeah, he should have been brought yeah, off totally. And he was he was also fighting an injury, right? So yeah, he, exactly. Um, so he should have been brought should off. Should have come off. At, yeah, for Ahmad, given Ahmad a chance, at least twenty, he could have had twenty minutes. I mean, and once it once it went to extra time, I don't think either team wanted to win it. Uh, yeah, they were they were yeah. they were both. I don't know why Ole settled for a uh, for for penalties because I mean we as fans knew Dave is not not even going to save one. The last penalty he saved was against Everton in the FA Cup semi final back in two thousand sixteen. So yeah. it's it. No. He, I read a stat that said Dave hasn't saved 35 or 36 penalties before the penalty shootout. I mean, he did save one at the start of the season, but he had, it had to be retaken. Uh, but yeah, like apart from that, I I don't know. He could he had one more substitution. He could have he could have pulled a Louis Van Gaal uh, versus Costa Rica and brought on Henderson for the penalties, but. For whatever reason, I guess he knew he knows best. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes having faith on a player is is good, but having blind faith is it it can cost some managers their jobs. This was a this was a title he should have won, or rather, a cup he should have won. I mean, yeah. So you we all agree the coach froze because that's kind of what happened. Yeah. He he froze yeah. on the night because he was for the first time he thought, okay, I'm gonna like. I'm not going to like break. I will stick with with what I have, and ultimately that cost him. Because by the time he made his first substitution, Emery was making his sixth. <laughs> Emery so, exactly it finished his entire quota of subs. So he basically Emery, changed half. He his changed team. half his team. Yeah, exactly. So this, so I, I'm not quite sure if you've seen Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, I have, yeah. So in Ford versus so. Ferrari, yeah, there is like yeah. so the the way they like one of the pivotal moments is when they like they end up getting the upper hand uh, on Ferrari spoilers for Ford versus Ferrari is that they wear out the gear system and then they change it. So that's like very similarly Emery <laughs> comes in and then he, he had players who were gassing out uh, Mario Gaspar didn't start and usually he's the one bombing forward so that should have been an indication of what kind of match Emery wanted to play. Uh, and he just played the same system, but kept re- replacing parts consistently because United are very good at tearing teams down, at running them down. The five subs gave him an opportunity to combat that. So yeah. he bought Moreno on, he bought uh, Mario Gaspar on in the second half. He bought a, sev- a bunch of several others uh, on. But he bought the, he bought the Cock on also. Cockland. Yeah, Cockland, yeah. And Cockland. Yeah, and, and you could tell, like, the, the most significant part of, like, Emery's game or rather like the most damning example of it could possibly be where Cockland is on the counter attack realizes what the plan is turns out and passes it back to his keeper or like to his, his defense because Villarreal are aware that United's biggest threat is in transition because they score a lot during in, in transition yeah. so, so they have nothing I think, to, uh, yeah go on finish your uh, point Dabin. so they had Nothing to transition to. They completely. Uh, I think they should have realized when the first sub Emre made was he took off the striker and bought in a defensive midfielder. I think at that yeah. point United should have understood yeah, Ole, that. Ole okay, have, got, yeah, yeah all I should have understood that. Okay, he should have understood at that gone, point. But yeah, he should have. We had to make really some changes have. as well. And but do you guys remember when this. we played against Sevilla? 
Pia in the semi-finals last year. He didn't make a sub until the 80th minute last year as well. Yeah, yeah. The semi-final. You guys yeah, remember, remember that? When we, when we went yeah. 3-1 down, when we were 3-1 down, or 2-1 down, sorry, when we were 2-1 down, he didn't make a sub till the 80th minute. See, there can only be one of two reasons. One, he's too trusting of his starting 11. He thinks he can, they can bring the game home. And two, he doesn't trust the players on the bench. There can only be two reasons why a manager doesn't make substitutions. Can't, yeah. And in both cases, in both cases, he could have made five substitutions. In both those cases. It's like, it's a pretty, um, what do you call it? It's, it's kind of scary, like give, keeping in mind the, the season to come because if he freezes like that again in a couple of months, United are in a big problem. So United finished second. They finished second in a season where um, Liverpool had a, whole, a laundry list of injuries. Um, Chelsea had had Frank Lampard, who clearly wasn't good enough to take them from fourth and above. Or he wasn't. I think he was. He was going to do well with the team he had, but I don't think he's very good at managing egos, which was kind of ultimately his downfall. Next season, that won't be the case. Next season, you have Thomas Tuchel coming in with. Um, a completely revitalized Chelsea squad even though I don't think they carry that form into the league because you can't play like that you don't play against City 38 times a season you play them twice I don't think Tuchel and Chelsea carry that form into the Premier League season I still feel they lack a striker a clinical striker because as much as they, they got they got through the Champions League uh, unscathed they were, had several chances to put that game to bed before the referee called for a time and they ended up taking only one of those chances maybe timo werner has a better season next season maybe that's what ultimately supplements uh, like uh, that that issue but in terms of in terms of goal threat up front i don't think they have a consistent enough attacking lineup to um, what do you call uh, to, to charge over 38 klopp is the one that is is worrisome because van dijk is back they they have bought uh, kunate as of i'd like to say uh, like as of last week so uh, they still have sala mane i assume they will be adding more uh, players to that squad so they are the midfielders as well yeah because wijnaldum is gone so they will be looking at, gone, yeah yeah so they'll definitely need a new midfielder It's, an, it's going to be a very interesting season next season, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. So, I think it's time we like, broke into the Champions League, considering we, we just spoke about Chelsea's uh, exploits over the weekend. So, so being, a, being a United fan, I'm really happy that City didn't win the Champions League. Um, although the game was uh, quite, quite entertaining for a neutral, from a neutral perspective, uh, we had chances great chances from both sides being missed early on and uh, i think uh, chelsea played a really good game in especially in midfield with kante who who just beautifully and magnificently held the ball for the team when when they needed him uh, they had a few injuries which got replaced with good players replacing them and they also did a fantastic job so overall chelsea did play a really good game and uh, really happy to see them win the champions league and i've been i've been saying this since uh, since i watched the 
FA Cup semi-final game between City and Chelsea. The way Chelsea played in the second half, City didn't stand a chance in the second half against Chelsea. And at that point in time, I I I thought Chelsea will win every game going forward. Like I I thought they'll beat Leicester in the in the I thought they'll beat Arsenal the week uh, the week after. I thought they'll they'll beat Leicester as well, and then they'll uh, win the FA Cup. Uh, then beat uh, beat Leicester again, beat Villa. I thought they'll just win all the way after the City uh, City game, but whatever. Uh, they, they eventually they did manage to qualify for the Champions League through the league, uh, which they didn't have to. But having said that, I think Pep Pep lost the game for City more than uh, Chelsea won it. Uh, against City, uh, the moment the team sheets were out, I mean, I was asleep. But when I woke up and I saw the team, uh, when I saw the team on the field, I was like, "Where the hell is Fernandinho or Rodri?" Like, he, uh, City played, I think, sixty-seven or sixty-eight games uh, this past season. Uh, they and played out of that sixty. They played 68? sixty. They played sixty. Uh, Fifty-nine, uh, 59 out of, those, of them. I've had either, games, yeah. 59 Rodri of them have had either, yeah. Exactly, like in the most important game of the season, Pep does a Pep and does his, uh, uh, I feel like Pep sits in his house, flips coins and says, "This uh, if if heads, this person's going to start and if it's tail, this person's going to start. I don't know how Pep comes up with these weird ass Teams and weirdos form. I mean, obviously, I'm not a I'm not a manager, but I think everybody saw it coming. The moment Fernandinho was not on the pitch, that something's going to give. Uh, like you can't start Bern- uh, Bernardo Silva, Foden, and KDB in midfield and expect to win the match. Like no, it wasn't especially even especially against especially was... against like the best defensive midfielder car- or box-to-box midfielder that is there in the world right now. Like, that person, that player counts for two people on the pitch and you're, you're seeing Fernandinho I mean, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm just saying two yeah. is like yeah. an understatement and that guy literally, in my eyes, at least deserves... If France win you the Euros this year, I think Kante undoubtedly deserves the Ballon. There's, there shouldn't even be an argument about it. Like, that guy has won the man of the match in the uh, quarter, quarterfinal, second leg, both of the semifinals and the finals of the Champions League. That in itself is a is a huge feat, and that guy has been mega this year. Like he has been on top of his game uh, when he's not been injured. He's been on top of his game, and Chelsea and I'm sure uh, Dodi would also agree with this. Like Kante deserves every accolade that's that's been uh, given out to him and uh, honestly I think that game was down to Kante and nothing else Kante had locked up KDB for as long as he was on the pitch unfortunately KDB had to uh, had to uh, step out I mean had to be substituted for the injury that was very unfortunate I'm not saying City could have won the game if he was on the pitch but they would have at least had a better chance uh, at going for it he looked really bad when he was on the pitch too let's like yeah, he did. Okay. He looked yeah. bad. Well, why did he look he bad? Really it was because bad. of Kante, right? It was. It was. There was nothing else there. I mean, he was bad because he was being marked out of the game completely. Like Kante had him in his pocket the entire time he was on the pitch. So the thing, so, I, like, yeah, just before we like transition to the shot, I kind of want to allude to the fact that um, Manchester City's top goal scorer this season is Gundogan. 
and gundogan was playing as a defensive midfielder in that final so the issue that pep has and i don't know why he does it, did it because like when it's broken why fix it he repeatedly shifts systems if you're uh, if you play fpl you're no stranger to his his uh, pep roulette um, teams that we ended up having to deal with because he alt like he just keeps shifting the uh, the players around to make it a fresh uh, a team that plays out but like a more or less a fresh team that plays out week in week out sometimes the detrimental of squad morale as is becoming the issue right now because there is a huge list of players who are currently unhappy with how things are progressing at man city and they all want out or are slowly hinting at that they want that they want out so when the final like when it rolled around and as when we all saw the team sheets and we went oh no fernandinho no rodri fine i guess that you could say you could make the argument that in the fa cup mason mount uh, completely um screwed around with with fernandinho kept dragging him out wide which left spaces open for city to go on the counter uh, rodri was really bad in the in their home loss against um um in the home loss against chelsea and more than anything the most baffling so the the most baffling choice was to play raheem sterling on the left and raheem sterling has been bad for nearly a year at this point if not more why are you playing him in the champions league final because reece james and uh aspicoda had him on lock there he had one chance which was a great addition addison long uh, he pumped it long and he got on to the ball but reece james just about got back and managed to uh, get the ball out after that he had com- been completely marked the game was totally ineffective until he was brought off to be replaced by aguero who i i believe should have started this game because he would have offered some sort of an attacking focal point up the pitch de bruyne who was playing as a false nine was also switching out to the right on the occasion was completely nullified by by kante and just how and and just completely suffocated by chelsea's um, backline rudiger aspilicueta thiago silva and then he got he had bad injury then he was replaced by christensen who i thought had an even better performance than uh, than rudiger as well as chilwell and uh, and reece james all played out of their skins mason amount was very good timo werner everyone shits on timo werner for missing uh, those three chances but without timo werner that goal doesn't happen um so if you notice as mason mount is about to make uh is is about to make the pass timo werner goes from in to out so he goes he makes he a diagonal run him. yeah he drags ruben diaz with him ruben which diaz. opens yeah, yeah and uh, and, and it's, opens it's the Havertz. space for that pass to go uh, it's havertz versus the stones one on one no havertz and zinchenko so uh, havertz zinchenko drifts, yeah 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 drispas zinchenko zinchenko doesn't realize he's gone but time he realizes mason mount plays that kaka esque pass straight uh, havertz goes back uh, runs the keeper wonder I I mean uh, the keeper should be partly blamed for that if you ask me he came off too early too quickly if he had maybe stood his ground for just one more second he could have he would have still been inside the box and he could have probably got a hand to it he didn't go with his hands because he he knew he was he was he outside was, the box or maybe at the edge yeah, of the box yeah. he was a millisecond away from a red card yeah exactly yeah, he was a mil- he was also a millisecond away from i mean not a, yeah he was also probably a millisecond away from making the save if, if he had gone a, a, a millisecond later he could have gone with his hands he may or may not have taken havertz with him but i'm just saying he could have stopped like if he had got even a small nudge to it 
the ball would have gone off its off its path havertz may then have had to run a little bit which would have given time for zinchenko to come in and cover uh, cover uh, but, but given know. it being a champions league final would you take a red card or a concede a goal for the team if it was outside the box i'd always take a red card i mean that's just the I know I know uh, Fergie has said this one famous line I still remember this was when Ole got his one and only red card against Newcastle you win not because of but despite of hmm so he, he's there's this very it's there in his book also if you've read the book mm-hmm. he says it in the book uh, in in Fergie's book he says you always win because uh, you you never win because of you always win despite of so hmm. I know I know Fergie would not have wanted his player to get sent off but I guess in modern day football I would have I would have taken one for the team taken a red and then just been there to fight for another day it's not that city are not good enough with 10 men they would have still had the majority of the possession so yeah Tushar Dodi Champions League winner 2021 I said this on the podcast the first one we ever did Chelsea I'm a dark horse for the Champions League I was proven right Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, but I think like if you went like uh 6 months back and you told me like Chelsea are going to win the Champions League I'd ask you like what are you smoking because <laughs> at that time when we still had like Lampard and like we we were in shambles right but mm. this whole Champions League journey like like it's been like a beautiful butterfly effect right it started mm. with like this small thing of like we had a transfer ban last year which forced mm. us to bring in lampard which forced mm. us to bring in our academy like tammy uh, reese james mount billy gilmour all of these guys and like I, and it was amazing right and then when no one gave us a chance they were like chelsea will finish 10th lampard managed to finish top 4 uh. which was crazy in itself um, we, we lost the fa cup but uh, yeah whatever mm. but uh, this year of course he he didn't know the tactics after we had a good transfer window he didn't know his tactics uh and winning the champions league is a vindication that the change was required yeah uh tuchel came in he changed everything right we've become from the probably the worst defensive team to the best best defensive team out there um if you if, like coming to the game like if you see like uh other than that one chance that raheem sterling had I don't think Edward Mendy had any any work at all. He, yeah. he he was jobless during the Champions League final. Like City had nothing. Um I think it, even if you played for 100 hours City wouldn't have scored against the defense because it was so tight and there were no channels. When so this is what I was I was referring to earlier on is like so Pep is known to be slightly cold towards his players. He's great as a tactician as a manager like he gets them going in systems. He's good at inspiring them. Um but Tuchel is A, a fine balance of both where he gets the emotional side of the game right which is something Oli does really well which is why he is so successful because Oli is not the best tactician but he's able to like really uh bond with his players and that's what and that's why they'll run through walls for him very similar with Tuchel like you have players who will uh who he really got got to know very well and he would go speak to them and uh you know he like he uh, he talked to me about everything except football he really get to know the player and there's a, a very nice story about his time at at mines was when they were in in at pre they were i think in uh, in pre season and they're all gone biking up a mountain 
And up on the mountain, they had uh, left a, a, a club badge. They'd buried a club badge on top of the mountain. And said, and then when they were biking back down, Tushil said, if you go to a cup final, um, I will go, we'll go retrieve that badge for you. And at the end of the season, Mayans were in a cup final. And the, uh, and the, uh, and the talk before the match began, they were all in the dressing room. And then the lights go out. And it's a video of Tushil and his assistant biking up that mountain, walk, climbing, trekking to go get that badge. And Tushil, then it, the lights come back on. Tushil takes the badge, slams it on the table and says, now we go win the final. That, that's the kind of manager he is. I'm not sure how, how well I've, and we, Tushar, we spoke about this before you, you jumped on, how well it will translate um, to, to league form because you can't be that, uh, you, you, can't, you can't be uh, that wasteful in front of goal and expect to get away with it over a 38-game season. And you don't expect as many teams to give you the kind of space City afford because they play a very high line. But as a manager going forward, it definitely is... See, there's someone he, he's someone they should stick with because there's a really damning stat about all the three, the last two managers who got to the Champions League final, who they've lost, they've got their thrice... But they've no. I'm, oh, this is a Chelsea fact. This is not a. a, a okay. So the last three, the last two managers who have got to the Champions League final have been sacked three months into the season. Like they, there will be a blip at some point. But Chelsea need to stick with this guy because he's really, really good. <laughs> the England squads were out. Uh, finally, after a, a week of, of fanfare, they had like a, they had a, a song that came out with it. There was a schedule to announce the squad, like an interview squad numbers. They had so much build up for what joy, and then the build up to the the, the build up to the announcement also was filled with quite a bit of silliness because as of two days ago, Trent was not in the squad, but yesterday around half past two, he was in the squad. And they've been like... The only thing that have made it more like dramatic was like if Gareth Southgate had like the decision or something on ESPN and then he did it. Yeah. Like that would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking, but... of, speaking of the decision, that man is not having a good uh, good season, <laughs> but uh, he's about to get knocked off the playoffs, but we'll, we'll come to that in, in a separate, in, a, in an NBA podcast maybe. But okay, uh, so the English... <laughs> So the England squad is out. Uh, they're going with three goalkeepers, uh, Henderson, Pickford, and um, Sam Johnston. In defense, they've got Tyrone Mings, Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire, John Stones, Connor Cody. What's his name? Kev- uh, Trippier, Chilwell, Shaw, Reese James. Walker. Walker, yeah, Kyle Walker. Yeah, yeah I'm so in midfield, we, had, we have uh, Bellingham, Henderson, Mount, Calvin Phillips, and Declan Rice. Okay. And for your attacking options, you have uh, DCL, Foden, Grealish, Kane, Rashford, Bukayo, Saka, jo, J, uh, Sancho, and Sterling. So, uh, omissions from the squad. Uh, Jesse Lingard surprisingly didn't go. I don't think any of us had him not to go. We all thought he'd make the squad. We don't think we didn't think he'd start, but he's not going at all. Um, ben but White, I always ben, thought like like I always thought you don't need Jesse Lingard like Jesse Lingard only did well in like the last quarter of the Premier League season mm-hmm. and England are absolutely stacked in that position they don't need a Jesse Lingard like and his time is over like Lingard's time is over for England squad like I think it's good he left they left him out Sterling has been shit over the past 8 to 10 months 
And just given that stat, compared to Lingard having an amazing end to the season, current form, Lingard, Lingard has to go compared to Sterling. So, but that's Sterling. not the same position, right? Mm. Look at it position for position. Don't look at it for player to player. Where is Sterling's going to play on the left, right? According to all of us, I think he's going to play on the left, right? He's going to play the support striker. He's the support striker. They're not playing for for a back four. Like you look at the yeah, you, the squad, you look at the squad. He's taken four right backs and gone. What do you think is going to happen? He's playing a back three. He's playing. He's playing back three. So if he's playing a back three, let's okay. Let's let's just put it on paper. Pickford starts. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. Your back three is going to be. Uh, I I I think it's going to be Walker right right back. Yeah. Uh, Maguire stones. If Maguire is fit, yeah. if Maguire is fit, uh, he'll play. So it's you, you go. You, you want me to take you through? I'll take you through. Yeah, yeah, take us through. I mean, England's your team, anyway. So <laughs> anyway, we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, so the ideal team is Jordan Pickford in goal, Kyle Walker at right centre, uh, at one of, in a back three with uh, Maguire and Stone supporting. I don't think. Maguire is going to be fit enough for Croatia. So I expect Conor Cody to start that. Conor Cody is good in a three. He's horrible in a four. Um, so Conor Cody will start that. It should be, in my opinion, um, Reist, uh, no, Trent on the right, Chilwell on the left, a midfield three of Declan Rice, Mason Mount, and uh, I think he'll go for the double pivot. So Calvin Phillips, because I don't think John Henderson is, is playing any games till the knockout. So uh, a midfield three of and up front, so that's three five, and he's going to go with either Sterling and Kane. Sterling is sure, sure if he switches to a three four three, which is where it's it's four in midfield. So you take the you take the double pivot off. He will play the three that he usually goes is Rashford, Kane, uh, and and Sterling. It could be Sancho, Kane, and Sterling, or Sancho, Kane, and Rashford. Those are the three that will start. In my opinion, Jaden Sancho should be in that squad no matter what, because he's the best and the most informed of all the wingers they currently have. In yeah. my opinion, he shouldn't start Sterling. It should be Sancho, Kane, and Grealish. Because just think of the ball, the the amount of fun it will be to watch England. You have Jack Grealish, who is leaving defend, defenders for fun. I Mason think he's Mount, one of the best dribblers. Yeah, like he's so good. He's the only like downside to his game right now. He's only played like two and a half games since he's come back. So that could be an issue. But ever since he came back, Villa have looked revitalized. Like they look... Of course. Yeah, yeah. there's a... You know, as what we call Zameen Asman Ka Far. Actually, uh, he looks rested. Like he looks properly rested and ready for a Euros. Like yeah, that, no other player just... has that. Yeah. <laughs> like even look at the Villa game. Like he's like running everywhere. He's running in the midfield. He's doing everything. Everybody else is gassed out in the Premier League. So, I think him getting injured might be a blessing in disguise for England. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I really want him to play. I don't want Rashford to play one minute of this of these Euros. Because two things. One, he's... He doesn't have the legs. No, yeah. he's clearly injured. Like, he's pushing himself through injury to, like, go get the Euros. Like, dude, go rest. And when he plays like this, he's more of a hindrance than he is an asset. So... I'm so with me, me and like so I, as much as I love Marcus Ashford, I think he's a game changer. Keep him on the bench, bring him on for 15-20 minutes, let him run at tired defenses. I wanted that really to be Greenwood because 
I thought Greenwood would be the would be the, the surprise factor that England would take to the uh, to the Euros because when you're like one nil down and England will invariably be one nil down to a good side <laughs> in the 60th or the 70th minute and you need a goal you bring on this kid who most defenders will have to think twice about they're like oh shit where do i which side do i show him on and not to forget the the big hulking mass that is harry kane on the other side of the pitch who is going to be like oh i have suddenly occupied so much space like so much space available i'm going to start taking shots so they have enough this is i think a better at one of the best attacking set of players i've seen in an english national team for a very long time like a really long time and it's a shame they're playing three at the back but if they're playing three at the back as they might as well make it fun like antonio conte's chelsea did uh, a 3-4-3 it and it'll be an absolute blast but you have to go pace heavy in in that scenario and i don't think kane is the kind of person who bullies strikers the way diego costa used to by the way by the way two things one i completely agree with you i think england should play a back four instead of a back five but uh, having said that one thing i wanted to say uh about a uh, about what you just said in the last point conte had conte in, yeah. in four in midfield so mm. i don't think england have a conte they have little so risk i actually think uh, england's whole squad uh, hinges on harry maguire declan rice mason mount and kane these yeah these four guys are the key they're the backbone of the team Why everybody else i feel is a little bit expendable more or less yeah, yeah. But, but yeah it depends on how these guys do it in the euros whether they win it or not kane is not I, starting i'm not sure maguire will start for, for the first yeah, few sorry. games at least he's not, maguire, he's not starting croatia i think maguire doesn't start croatia for sure yeah definitely yeah, I don't start the first few games for sure as you're saying uh, i think conor cody is going to take it uh, in his place and cody has been really good for england uh he he's a great passer of the of the ball he can he can easily put the ball down either of the wings for the attacking uh attacking three or they didn't do that they after. didn't take the best villa defender they took the second best villa defender ezri konza who is again english and he's tyron mings's partner has had the better season compared to <laughs> mings and they've taken mings and gone because i assume they're they're looking at leadership qualities at the back the irritating aspect is like we know england are not going to get the ball now they don't have like some they're not a position style football team if england stumble on france in a, in the knockouts i think they they play one of france or portugal because yeah they they play one of that winner so uh, yeah. one of the either france yeah. germany yeah. or portugal one of them hmm. one of them they'll end up playing right so <laughs> if they had france and it like so i've i've seen mbappe pocket uh, and I've, i've been pocketed by van bissaka in, in the in the champions league to a point where like to a point where he just shrugs him off the england are not going to have the ball for a very long piece of time they're going to have wing, wingers taking on their full backs and van bissaka is excellent in those kind of positions Play a back three. Put him in the right. Uh, put him. Put him at uh, right centre back. Let Trent do his thing, bombing forward. Your whole right side is insulated and also a proper threat. But Sathke doesn't uh, like Juan Bissaka. I don't. I think he doesn't like his attacking output. So what not? But cool. Uh, I think even uh, 
Ole also has a problem with his attacking uh, output, which is why they are currently ramping up the bid for Kieran Trippier to come in as a backup uh, wing back. Really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about this. I, I haven't heard about this. This is news <laughs> to me. Yeah, Kieran yeah. Trippier is uh, coming. Is like it's they're accelerating that deal. Abrizio Shakti. No, check Laurie Whittle, uh, who is like the United <laughs> correspondent for. <laughs> uh what do you call for the athletic and so he is reporting and they've been reporting about this for a while always wanted him for a while so as or as english which is as uh, which is uh, one of the madrid papers <laughs> they have photoshopped ancelotti's face and onto gandalf so <laughs> as as you know i mean i'm i'm unsure if either of you or our listeners have watched the two tars but spoiler alert like in the first in fellowship was wearing gandalf dies and he comes back as gandalf the white in the tutas <laughs> so it's carlo ancelotti's face on gandalf's face with the white hair and with that upturned uh, eyebrow it, it, uh, all the, like exactly if all the, what you're talking about if all the choices to go to, like you know to have gone with i find that oddly crazy but okay i think to wrap up the pod we'll quickly go with um I I think I just wanted to like go on to like transfers. Yeah. Um, like um so like Barcelona pulling off a broke FC masterclass here. Exactly. And uh, one more thing was uh, uh Mourinho did a conference where he like I want to bring Cristiano Ronaldo to Roma. <laughs> just like Mourinho dude like I feel like if ego hasn't caught up with him yet where he's still delusional and he still thinks he's that big. um morino like, I, i think i think we haven't spoken about uh, ibrahima konate transfer being finalized by liverpool so yeah that's a, that's that's been a great piece of business by liverpool i think they i don't think they needed a second center back because i thought joe gomez did a fabulous job along with van dijk but i guess he's a cover for van dijk more than being he's the I, or, i'm sorry for uh, Joe Gomez, but I still think Joe Gomez starts ahead of Konate. But I don't think I don't think their uh, Kabak was a loan move, right? Yeah, he's going back. No, so he yeah he goes back. Uh, but we they have Nat Phillips, who's been yeah, quite Nat, good towards Nat, the end of the season for sure for them. Uh, as was so famously I, no. mentioned on this podcast, he was everywhere. He was a mix of yeah. Origi and Van Dijk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay this is what we so can the Ronaldo thing to being linked to United is looking very serious guys let's not let's not please it's mm-hmm. i think it's 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 well past its sell by date uh, ronald i mean yeah it's i know but it's the rumors are looking very serious it's not yeah. happening ronaldo is not leaving he's not leaving <laughs> the only reason ronaldo is going to the, going to roma is to go win the european conference league because that's where roma currently <laughs> <laughs> no, but but no seriously like uh, honestly if if uve hadn't qualified for champions league i would have bought that he was leaving uve but now that they're in the champions league he really doesn't care i mean yeah. i'm sure he's going to stay with uve for what plus they got they got allegri so there's no chance he's leaving no chance he's okay so quickly dream transfers for your like not even dream realistic transfers uh, for your for the top 4 this season what improves them all So City need a striker. So who would ideally City go after? I think City are yeah. are after are after Grealish as well. They're after a hunt. They want to make him the hundred million 
uh the high the, the first 100 minute english i'm not heard about this city or after greelish what wow. like so much sub- used to i mean this sub- subscribe to the like, athletic sterling <laughs> will be on the bench there sterling is going to get sold so i think jacobsela wants out jacobsela wants out laporte wants out i will dude, i will literally fly from here in in the midst of a travel ban to english to manchester and personally drive without a visa also personally drive <laughs> laporte from the city of manchester stadium to uh, to old and i'll join you for this yeah. 5.6 miles that's it that's all you'll have yeah. to drive drive but it's fine <laughs> getting to those 5.6 miles is like 6000 miles in between my dream transfers kane sancho one of bisuma or ndd i prefer ndd but i, I know you guys prefer bisuma and a center back i would take any one of pau torres if laporte is available i'll 100% take laporte mm. like because he's already premier league proven so there's yeah. you don't have to see if he's if he up to the pace and what have you uh and did i mention sancho i did right yeah you did yeah yeah the, yes. these are the four that i would i would make these are my dream from chelsea really need like a stadium um Probably Rice is actually a good good option, but he seems too expensive right now. Yeah. So the the funny thing is we've been linked with Lukaku for, for a striker because Mariano believes that uh, we can get him and get him at an insanely cheap price. You know, you know, it doesn't matter as long as he comes to us cheap. It doesn't matter, right? Uh, uh, there's also we've been linked to Hakimi. Oh, dude, that is that I'm is not so that sure is the transfer. Yeah, yeah, that's Hakimi. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Inter Inter are selling him for 80 million. Uh but I think he I think he's Paris bound because Paris really want him, but Chelsea are like in with a shout. Yeah, so that, that is something if we pull off will be crazy. That's actually about, that's Hakimi. a better deal in my opinion. I think with Lukaku, no matter how much you pay, you'll be disappointed because it's just like his first touch is going to be it's like it's almost, almost going to be like a Werner 2.0 situation one is fast one is slightly slow um but you, you don't want but at least one will be able to finish right but he, his first touch needs to be good to finish though yeah please bhai like you've seen lukaku if, if they pursue with the with the same system uh yeah. that they're currently yeah. playing now even the chances they they will not create enough chances for lukaku to put one or two of them away If Lukaku was on goal in that Kai Havertz situation, trust me, that first touch Kai Havertz put, <laughs> yeah. put him straight on to goal. Lukaku's first touch would have gone for a throw in. Manchester City. The same thing. Because the moment you said it, I started picturing it. I was like, when you know when you when you start laughing, but also are extremely furious because you've seen it so many times. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want Lukaku either. Yeah. yeah, I I would like I I'd I rather get Lautaro, get Lautaro Martinez or somebody Martinez, else. Yeah, but I think Tammy goes. I think you, uh, if they sell Tammy to Inter and get Lukaku at a cut price deal, me it would be really uh, interesting for Chelsea. You know who's not? Such yeah, a that's bad not a signing, bad deal. Honestly, yeah, I think Calvert Lewin is actually not a very bad signing. I'm not saying for United. I'm just saying he's not a bad signing for it's, any it's, of the top four, four teams. I agree. Do you know what Everton have priced him at? Sixty million. 90 million you can get him for 90 oh 90 wow yeah you, this covid market who is going to pay this much, this kind of money i don't know like like everyone is broke yeah uh, dortmund has started kane to bullshit goes, again if kane leaves if kane leaves first i think 
Spurs should go for Calvert Lewin because they're yeah. going to get over the top money for Kane. They're going to get easily 120, 130 million. But that's going to go for the loan, dude. Again, who's Not going to go for like. Uh, that much. Dude, if he doesn't bring in a striker, that team does not have a second striker. They'll get a budget, right? They'll get a 30 million striker and 40 million strikers leaving. No, they will be pushed right? Bro, then they'll be looking out from uh, from they'll be looking from the outside into the top six. They're not gonna make top six. Speaking of being broke, uh Barcelona told Liverpool that uh, we don't have the 40... They defaulted on the 45 million payment of Coutinho. And they said, we don't have the 45 million, take Coutinho back. (laughs) 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 Coutinho is the biggest scam, dude. I think the world's biggest scam is Coutinho and second biggest was Eden Hazard, dude. (laughs) And both are those Spanish clubs. (laughs) I feel like that was a transfer that broke Barcelona and lifted Liverpool to that Premier League and Champions League win. Yeah, but that was really the biggest scam. Dude, with that money only, they got Alisson and, uh, I mean, Van Dijk, they got the season. Van Dijk, uh, they got no, Alisson. they got the same season. Same season. Oh, they got yeah. Alisson the same season. Yeah. Same season. Both, yeah. both of them, they got the same. No, Alisson. After Lord Carius' uh, stuff. Yeah. No, Yo, no Alisson, Alisson came in January. He no, Alisson January. came the season after because they played Roma in the in the semis and they beat them and Alisson was in goal for that. That was the season where Liverpool thumped City at, at Anfield and then uh, Roma, the first Barcelona uh, remontada happened, no, where Roma beat them and uh, Alisson was there. And then the next season, mm-hmm. Alisson transferred from uh, Roma to Liverpool and then the whole 4-0 Barcelona thing at Anfield happened. So, Alice, so uh, Van Dyke came first. He came in January of that season. Yeah. yeah. And in the summer, Alisson came. Yeah, basically. So, basically, Coutinho went in Jan, Van Dyke came in Jan and then Alisson came in the summer. Yeah. Okay, I think that's about wraps up the end of season podcast. Um, realistically, before we like, obviously, uh, I mean, before we conclude, I just want to get a rating for your for your teams this season. Um, it, just like, let's rate the top four out of ten, which is uh, United, which is City, United, Liverpool, and Chelsea. And you, each of you, can like let me know your uh, how much you rate them by, and then we can just conclude on that on that episode. On that end. City get an 8, I think. Mm. Uh, they got two trophies. Should have got... I think they had the team to get a quadruple. Uh, mm. As much as it pains me to say that, they did have the team to get the quadruple. Uh, okay, FA Cup, they did, they couldn't. But they, they definitely should have won the treble. If not for Pep's over-smartness, uh, mm. they should have won it. So, only because of that... It's an eight out of ten. Could have been a ten out of ten out of ten season had they won the Champions League, but eight out of ten, I would say. Okay. You want to do uh, United? No, you do all four. So we, let's not go around okay. because then it'll take. I think I think uh, six for United. Yeah. Only a six. Uh, if they had won the Europa, I would have probably given a seven or an eight. But because of their failure in the Europa, it's only a six. Okay. Uh, I think Liverpool, after where they were in January with those five uh, consecutive uh, uh, losses at home, honestly, I did think they will finish in the top four. I, I've been saying that since January, despite their five-game five, five game losing streak at home, I did say they'll finish in the top four. But the way they finished the season, I think, because of the way they finished the season, I give them a six only because of that. No other reason. Okay. Uh, Chelsea, for me, from where they were in, in December, Jan, to where they finished, 
for me would be a solid 8 out of 10 uh, like i would say 8 and a half out of 10 they could have got a double this season a double would have definitely put a 10 out of 10 season for them but i think 8 and a half out of 10 uh, only because they didn't win the fa cup even though they were favorites mm. and they just sort of scraped through because gareth bale did them a favor let's let's be honest i mean eventually mm. it wouldn't have mattered because they won the champions league they would have gotten into the top four i mean they wouldn't they would have gotten in into part one next season uh, irrespective but uh, i mean even now they get into part one next season but mm. uh, only because of that eight out of eight and a half out of 10 but yeah off the top four i think they had the best season best end to this yeah so red city season as an eight mm. just because they've had they've had a brilliant run in the premier league mm. if they had got a if they won the champions league i would have given them an extra point or a point and a half for that matter for united as sid said i would give them a six as well mm. because towards the end of the season they just looked too drained out and i hope they would have finished much better had a better end to the season mm. uh sid uh, chelsea would give them a eight as well Uh, uh-huh. because of the way they finished um, and won the Champions League. Um, Liverpool, they've had a rough season. I would give them a five and a half or six. Um, Man City, I would give them a eight. They did well all season. I think they were a really good team, great tactics, great everything, except that Champions League where they kind of bottled it. Um, United... United gave up five. Like I really think they should have won that that Europa League game. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would have given them a seven or eight. But uh, I I really don't like Ole's lack of substitutions and the way he he goes about his season. Uh, I think the team is good. Maybe needs more players, but there needs to be a lot more improvement in terms of tactics there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool, I would say that the. the so they ended the season well but the reason they ended the season well you would say is because they were so shit in january where like klopp played basically the same team for six games right which was really i think was really stupid like he, klopp's a great manager you should stay at liverpool all of that but um, his lack of uh, changes like he played the same formation he's been playing last three years and the same team like i'm like if you're losing six games in a row at least like change one player right Yeah. He is having out of form season your strikers are having an out of form season. Change mm-hmm. some player right what lab and you lose one more game anyway you're losing right. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is he somehow managed to finish well in the end but uh, so I would I would still give him like like a 6. Uh, Chelsea uh, our first half of the season was really shit. I think my, I would divide it into two parts because I think that's fair for Chelsea. like i would give give them like a 3 out of 10 in the first for 6 months of the season mm-hmm. and then i would probably give them a 7 and a half in the, the latter half of the season where like we we pulled our shit together mm. we 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 won the champions league which nobody thought we would mm-hmm. fa cup um, that's the only thing i'm surprised because he didn't play our best team just because he wanted a champions league spot mm. uh, we played kepa and he didn't he didn't play the right players but i think even a cup you should go to win it but i understand like where his mind is but i don't necessarily agree with, agree with it yeah 
Yeah. So, so I think to conclude, I'll quickly rattle off mine. I think City get an eight. They have been untouchable for most part of the season. They had a shaky start, um, but then they kind of really uh, re- uh, revitalized the squad. And from January, they were just they ran away with the league. Um, failures in the, in the domestic cups uh, can be excused because knockout competitions can you know have like it's basically which way the coin flips on that day. But Pep has to take some blame for it, so I'd probably give him an eight. United finished second, but I'll give them a five because. I agree that they they should have won that final, but they shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Uh, they were they they were one. They could have been one of the first teams to have uh, qualified for the Champions League out straight out of the group stage. Um, but that Istanbul away performance was is unforgivable in my opinion. Um, there's also been, I mean, you could excuse the home form, saying not really a lot of fans because the away form they've gone unbeaten away from home uh, all season. Uh, there's definitely progress there, but I think with the way the cup competitions has progressed and with just um, the, the lack of depth in the squad and the lack of investment also in, uh, in that squad, I think I'll give them a five. They, they, they did the best they could. I think this is the more li- one of the more likable United teams that I feel at no point did we ever feel like no uh, any player in that in their team wasn't giving it their all, no matter how good they were. But definitely, I think a five suits them both. I would have given them a seven, a six or a seven like Tushar, but I think a five makes more sense. Liverpool, I'll also give a five because um, they really, for the kind of team they are, one one injury does not have to derail your season the way it did. Yes, they had like, their entire backline was out, but Klopp refused to change the system until January where the league was out of reach and only then did he start to get some sort of uh, master them back. They had a great escape. Uh, one Alison Becker goal away from not qualifying for uh, the Champions League, but but they got through by the skin of their teeth. And Chelsea, I will give them a strong eight. Again, a really bad start of the season, like many other teams. Uh, Lampard, I, Tushar, just before you got on, we kind of spoke about this as to how he had he was great with the team he had, but I think it became uh, an issue with the with managing egos, and that's ultimately led to his downfall. Tuchel's come in and ultimately uh, and, and put his foot down. And you know, just made himself the big boss out of the mall. Got reaction from the team. Shut, shut up shop at the back. Uh, conceded the fewest amount of goals uh, from in second half of the season. Took them two finals. Uh, one which he lost thanks to a wonder goal, uh, and the second where he completely outclassed uh, Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. So I think uh, they they get an eight. And I think on that note, we we wrap up this pod. I think we've been going on for a fair bit now, but. Uh, that should be that is our end of the season pod. Uh, thank you for all for coming, uh, for joining us. This is this is the first season we ended up doing something like this. I mean, technically half a season since we ended started doing something like this, and uh, it, it is there's almost like a weird bittersweet ending uh, to the season as we're ending the season spot. But the pod will continue because we'll be swapping over to the Euros from next week onwards. Uh, we'll possibly put together a schedule which we'll discuss. I think. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll have more for you on the matter in the next week or so, just before the Euros kick off. So until then, it's a goodbye. Definitely for a lot more watch alongs. Yeah, definitely a lot more watch alongs because I feel there'll be yeah. there are some really interesting games coming through. So if you listen to the pod and if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please do, and uh, we'll make sure that both audiences meet and. We'll certainly get some of you on for, for some of the games because as, as much as we enjoy each other's company, it always helps to, it's always nice to have an outsider's perspective on, on things. So goodbye from us. We'll see you next week. But for the Premier League, this is farewell till, <laughs> till August, I suppose. Take care.